the bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, and my guest uh, in today's show is uh, David Ginsburg, uh, who is the president of Loan Tech. Uh, we'll tell you all about what they do. Welcome to the show, David. Uh, thank you, Jordan. It's good to be here. Let's just tell you a little, tell the audience a little bit about your background. Uh, tell very briefly about what Loan Tech is about and, and your background leading up to uh, the creation of Loan Tech. Okay, Jordan. Um, I have over 20 years of uh, background experience in mortgage banking, product development, and finance. And back in the uh, early to mid-80s, I started a company uh, called Loan Tech. And we have become the nation's leading provider of mortgage and escrow audits for homeowners. Uh, back in 1985, we were the first to discover the fact that many mistakes were being made, inadvertent mistakes were being made by lenders in the calculations of mortgage payments as well as escrow account payment amounts. Okay. And tell me briefly, how did you find that? Nobody had seen this before. How did you uh, run across this? Okay. Excellent question. We're, we are asked that all the time. Well, Back in the uh, early 80s, during 83, 84, we started a service whereby homeowners could compare different types of adjustable rate mortgage programs. And again, this was back before everybody had a computer and the Internet was not around yet, obviously. And we provided that service, that loan comparison service, to thousands and thousands of homeowners. And six to 12 months after we started providing that service, we started getting phone calls from some of our past clients saying, David, you know, you were great with uh, helping us out in terms of choosing on, on what loan to choose, but now we're getting our uh, payment notice adjustment letters from our bank letting us know that the rate has been increased from X percent to Y percent. How do we know that that's the correct number? And we started getting a lot of calls like that, and we started doing a lot of research, and lo and behold, we uncovered the fact that a lot of lenders were making many, many mistakes in those calculations. Is this because their computers weren't set correctly, or why? You, you, I mean, normally the person would think, uh, you know, a bank is a very reputable place. They've got all these fancy computers. They've got programmers. Uh, the last thing they would be doing is making mistakes. Why are they making mistakes? Well, they're making mistakes for a number of reasons. Um, the calculation of these rate and payment adjustments for adjustable rate mortgages can be pretty complicated, and there are many, many varieties in the marketplace. Uh, therefore, if the software that the banks are using are, are not set up properly and not, doing, not performing the calculations exactly how they should be, then there will be a, there'll be a mistake in, in that uh, computation. And um, again, there are many, many variables that are involved in making these calculations. It's just not simply adding 4 plus 2 and getting 6%. There are many variables involved. This is something the average homeowner could not really calculate on their own, is that right? Oh, exactly. It's virtually impossible to, uh, uh, for a homeowner to, to verify the accuracy of their, own, of their own payment to see if they're being overcharged. It is basically, I would say it's, it's, it's impossible. Um, so do you have software that's even more uh, sophisticated than the, what the banks have to be able to catch these mistakes, or how do you do it? 
Yes. Over the years, we've developed software. Now, again, we special. This is all we do. We specialize in mortgage and escrow audits. So over the years, we have fine-tuned and we have developed software that specializes in this calculation, and we are we are we're basically, we've basically spent 20 years doing this. So we are uh, very familiar and experienced with every step along the way in terms of that calculation. Also, I should add, at some institutions, some of the uh, people may not have been trained properly, and especially when a, and a lender, uh, for example, acquires a lot of loans from another source, all of a sudden they have 5,000, 10,000 loans coming in the front door, and they have to be entered into their particular program or database. So human error definitely enters into it. Um, for example, if, if someone should be typing a, a 3 and they type a 2, which can happen, that number stays in the system, and every time a certain number is supposed to be calculated using that value, it will spit out an incorrect number. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about what some of the mistakes in, in the mortgage area are uh, most frequently found when you do these audits. Okay. Oftentimes it's using the, an incorrect index value, and what, I'm, what I mean by that is the number upon which all future calculations are based, a Typical index value for an adjustable rate mortgage today could be the Wall Street Journal prime rate or an index called LIBOR or a one-year treasury security, for example. These index values um, change from day to day. And, for example, uh, again, the lender, uh, the software may select the wrong series. In other words, instead of uh, uh, selecting the value for the prime rate on a specific day, it may check to see what the LIBOR value was. And that's the that's picking the wrong index series. And beyond that, if anybody looks at their more if any homeowner reviews their mortgage note, they will see that to correct to calculate their rate, uh, there is something in their mortgage note called the current index value, and that's generally described as follows: the current index value is the most recent value available. I'm going to use an example here of 45 days prior to the rate change date. So if your rate changes on a specific day, let's say it's July 1st, the lender software is supposed to look back 45 days prior to July 1st, and that should be May 17th, and it should select the index value that was available on that particular day, and I think you're starting to get a good feel for how this can start to get kind of complicated with all the variables, and I've only touched on a couple of them. So uh, typically the software is looking the wrong index, and then often there's a margin over the index? Is that often yeah, uh, there's also well? a margin. But basically it starts, for example, a mortgage note may say the interest rate will change every July 1st. So on July 1st, as I mentioned, for example, it can be 45 days prior, it can be 30, and that's another factor. Each loan can be somewhat different. So, for example, from, 40, from July 1st, you go back 45 days, you go to May 17th, for example, and then you, so you look up, okay, what is the one-year Treasury security available on that day? And then you're correct. Then you add what's called a margin. That's a fixed amount that's always added to that correct index value, and the margin could be 25 or 3%. And then those two are summed together. But then there's a couple steps beyond that. Once you get the sum of those two values, 
um, the mortgage note will specify what you're supposed to do. Oftentimes, the the uh, the number is supposed to be rounded, sometimes to the highest one eighth, sometimes to the nearest one eighth, sometimes to the nearest quarter or highest one quarter, and sometimes it's not rounded at all. And then that's the new correct sum of the correct index value plus the margin. So uh, each of these steps along the way is, is potentially a source for errors. You're saying. Oh right, and again, I have uh, That's only about the first. That's only the first couple steps of calculating the rate. Once that new number is determined, the index plus margin and rounded correctly, then there are other uh, factors that are in, that enter into the uh, uh, the process, and that and, and those are either adjustment limits, caps, or other limitations on on how much that rate can change. Uh, an example of of, uh, of a adjustment cap might be that the rate can never uh, go up or down more than 2% at one given time. So once that index and margin are are added together and then rounded appropriately, then the software also or the lender has to compare what that new number is with what the rate was prior to that calculation and then they have to determine okay is this exceeding the limitation and that's something that's another potential error and that is coming up with a rate that's higher than it really should be so there's 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 a number of calculations and subcalculations that have to be done in order to arrive at that new payment rate for that homeowner Sometimes the uh, uh, error uh, is in the homeowner's favor. In other words, they're under-calculating, or is it usually over? Well, generally, it's, uh, I'd say it's about two th of, of the loans we've done over the years, and we've, done, we've seen many of these. Uh, I'd say about two-thirds are a result in overcharges, and one-third are undercharges. So one-third are in the um, homeowner's favor. And again, these are, these are inadvertent mistakes, and it just happens to turn turn out this way based on the, the large number of loans we've seen over the years. Are there some that are not inadvertent? In other words, they're really trying to get more interest out of the homeowner than, you know, it's not just an inadvertent uh, error. Well, we've heard, some, we've heard of some anecdotes uh, in the market, but as far as I know, I, I would say I'm comfortable in saying these are inadvertent mistakes that are, that are being done by, by reputable lenders and, you know, mistakes have occurred. Okay. Um, I'd like to have, tell people about how to find your company, Bill. I just a reminder that this is Jordan Goodman on the Money Answer Show, and my guest uh, this hour is David Ginsburg, uh, who's the president of Loan Tech, uh, which is a very unusual firm uh, that actually does auditing of uh, mortgages, and particularly adjustment rate mortgages, and also we're going to get to uh, escrows a little bit later. David, tell people uh, how they can find out about uh, the services you offer and, and what you charge for the services you offer. Okay. The best way to uh, learn about our company and our services is to visit our website at www.loantech, and that is spelled L-O-A-N-T-E-C-H dot com. And if they care to call us on the telephone, we talk to people that way as well. And that number is 1-800-MISTAKE. That's 1-800-MISTAKE that you can call to find out if there have been any mistakes with your mortgage or your escrow account. And we, and, uh, we would be glad to talk to homeowners from all over the country. And how much do you charge for your service? Is it based on success or not? Do you only get pay a fee if they find a mistake, or how does it work? Well, actually, we charge a flat fee. And our fee is $279, and that's for all size mortgages. And whether the homeowners had the loan for six months 
or 30 years. It's, it's the same rate, and that covers the complete history of the loan for as long as they've had the loan. And, again, that's the same fee that we charge for the escrow um, audit, and that includes a comprehensive audit along with what we call a lender refund letter that the homeowner can send to their lender along with a copy of our report, and the lender will make any adjustments or refunds that are due the homeowner. Of the clients who come to you, you must have had thousands of people doing this over the years, what percentage uh, do you find uh, do have some kind of mistake, uh, either under or overpayment? Okay. The, the average error rate right now is running approximately 20 to 25%, probably a little bit closer to 20%, and that's actually reduction from years earlier when it was as high as 30, about 33%. Um, say about five, six years earlier and even before that. So on average, maybe one-fifth to one-quarter of the loans we look at do have some, some kind of mistake that we uncover. And again, about two-thirds of those mistakes are overcharges. So two-thirds. So of the total amount of mortgages you're taking a look at, maybe uh, 15% or so have uh, overcharges one way or the other. Ex- exactly. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, well, we're coming up to a break. Uh, this, again, is Jordan Goodman of uh, the Money Answer Show, and my uh, guest during this hour is David Ginsburg, uh, the president of Loan Tech, uh, who specializes in uh, adjusting, taking a look at your adjust rate mortgage and see if it's accurate or not, and he's finding that about 20% of them are, in fact, not accurate. Uh, we'll be back and show exactly how this works and uh, how it can save you a lot of money uh, after the break. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent 
and both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman, the uh, host of The Money Answer Show. And my guest uh, this hour is David Ginsburg, the president of Loan Tech, a firm which is uh, designed to help consumers uh, make sure that their mortgage payments are correct. Nice to be with you, David. Nice to be here, Jordan. So let's go into this a little bit more detail about the mistakes uh, with mortgages. Uh, if, if somebody comes to you with an adjust rate mortgage and say it's been out for several years, what are the steps you take uh, to actually audit it and make sure that the payments are correct or find out if they're incorrect? Okay. What we actually we need very little information from the homeowner, and I might add, we do not contact the lender whatsoever. Our service is performed directly for the for the consumer, for the homeowner. What we need from the homeowner is a copy of their mortgage note, N O T E, and that's typically anywhere from two, three, maybe four pages, and that's a form or a document that they received when they settled. Um, or closed on their mortgage. They have to sign it, actually, originally, yes, right? Yes, they yeah. sign it, and they get a copy of it at settlement. So I and, would and say no matter how uh, disorganized a homeowner may be, that is something they can usually put their hands on pretty quickly. And what are the things on the mortgage note that you're looking for? Okay, there's anywhere from about 8 to 12 variables, and I'm going to go through those briefly for you. And uh, when, you, when you listen to the list, you'll start to get an idea or an appreciation as to how uh, how these mistakes can um, happen as frequently as they do. Well, first we obviously look for the uh, the loan amount. That's pretty straightforward. And then we'll also look at what was the initial interest rate. In other words, what was the starting rate on the loan? And then when do the payments begin? You know, what what month? For example, July first, nineteen ninety five. The payments began, and they end on uh, let's say two, uh, June two thousand twenty five. That tells us there's a term. That's a thirty year term loan. And then there'll be a section called monthly payment changes, and that will basically state when the payments change, how often they're going to change, and if there are any limitations. An example of a payment change clause in a note will be such a will be something like this: the, My payment will change every July first and every 12 months thereafter. So we know every 12 months the payment is supposed to change. Now, again, it doesn't often uh, happen. That, doesn't always happen that way because mistakes happen. So that's, that's the schedule of the payment change. We will also look at the interest rate change because, again, these are variable rate loans. So the, the rates do change on a, on a predetermined schedule. And, again, there will be a statement such as this. The interest rate will change every June 1st and every 12 months thereafter. And so we know when the uh, rates are supposed to change. And also, it will there will be a statement uh, specifying what the margin is, that margin amount I mentioned before, and that is to be added to the correct index value. And again, there will be a statement in that note saying, the index upon which all my future rates, rate changes are based is the Wall Street Journal prime rate. 
and the current index available is the one that's available 45 days prior to my rate change date. So you're getting starting to get a good feel, Jordan. I think for the, all the little variables that are involved, yeah. okay. it's just it's just not a, a slam dunk. You know, four plus two equals six. And then, in addition, in the mortgage note, there'll be one or two paragraphs devoted to describing once the new rate is calculated, if there are any limitations that that new rate can be relative or compared to the prior rate. And again, as I mentioned before, a good example of a rate change limit might be two percent. So, whenever your rate changes, it can never it can never increase beyond. Two uh, percent over your prior rate. So if your prior rate was seven five uh, percent, your new rate, no matter what it adds up to with the index and margin, cannot uh, be greater than seven percent. And also there'll be oftentimes some adjustment limits on how much the payment can go up as well. On some of these option arms that you're reading about every day in the paper, uh, a lot of them have limitations on the payments of sometimes. Seven and a half percent. Now that's not the interest rate; that's the payment change limit. So if your payment was originally a thousand dollars a month, with a seven and a half percent payment adjustment cap or limit, that means that the maximum that payment can go up to over the next period would be one thousand and seventy-five dollars. Seventy-five dollars being seven and a half percent of that thousand-dollar amount. And then beyond that, there are sometimes two other or often there are two other factors. One is called the ceiling, uh, the ceiling rate or the maximum lifetime amount, and that is the highest rate that the payment rate can, I'm sorry, it can, it's the highest that the interest rate can ever be during the term of that loan, no matter what happens to interest rates in general. And an example of a ceiling rate statement might be, it will be as follows. The, Interest rate will never exceed 12% over the term of this loan. So that means no matter what happens, that rate can never be greater than 12%. And there is something called a floor, which is the opposite of the ceiling. And a statement or a definition of that would be as follows. My interest rate or the interest rate will never be lower than 5%. So you have anywhere from 8 to 10 variables uh, that are taken into account when new, these new rates and payments are calculated, and oftentimes there were a couple others that I didn't even mention. So it's a pretty, it's a very involved calculation, and obviously it's mathematics. It has to be correct. It's either correct or it's not correct. There's no, there's no gray area. So you then take the information from the note that you see, and then you plug this into uh, a software program you have, and then you already have in your database what the interest rates were, like what the prime rate was on each day and what the LIBOR was on each day, and then you can calculate out what should have happened. Is that the way it works? Exactly. We've been tracing, or I'm sorry, we've been tracking the, all these different index values for interest rates. We've been tracking those since the early 1980s. We have over 500,000. We have over half a million index values in our database here, and it's exactly as you just described. We use those historical values. We pick the correct ones. And we run the numbers through our software, which is called the Arm Auditor software, which, by the way, we do market that software as well. And then the software calculates a should-have-been report. In other words, what should the lender have done with this loan over the period of time that, it's, that the homeowners had that, had that loan? That's exactly how it works. So this is done very quickly, then, because you already have the index values in there. How long does it take from the time a, 
a customer gives you their note to when you can figure out if there's been a mistake? Well, generally, once we receive an order from a homeowner within five five to seven business days, they will get the, re- the finished report back from us with the explanation, the, co- the cover letter, and the uh, lender refund letter. So generally, uh, if we receive uh, uh, an order on, fr- on a Monday, generally by Friday or the following Monday at the latest, they will receive that report back from us. So you mail them a letter uh, showing what it should have been and what, uh, what it has, actually has been? Right. What we do, we send them the audit report showing what should have happened, and then what they need to do is, and this takes them about two minutes, they need to, for example, look at the numbers or the loan balance on our report. So, for example, if I was doing a report for you today, you would want to look at, okay, what's, you'd want to look at the loan balance as of, um, see, after your um, April payment. Um, now, tomorrow might be the May payment, but today you'd want to look at April 2007, what's my loan balance? And I'll use just a round number. If our report says your loan balance should be $100,000 and you've looked at your recent monthly statement from your lender, or you can just call them up and say, this is Jordan Goodman, what's my loan balance? They'll tell you that number readily over the phone. And if they say, for example, you owe 103000 that means there's been an overcharge of $3,000 somewhere along the way, in which case you would want to send a copy of our report with the lender refund letter, and that's a legally written enforceable letter, and that that references a Federal Housing Act law, and that notifies the lender um, that they basically have 30 days to make any uh, changes or issue any refunds to you. Do the banks typically challenge, when they get these letters, uh, they typically challenge your calculations? Not anymore. Uh, maybe 15, 16, 17 years ago, they, they, there were some challenges, but I can say we batted a thousand. We, you know, we, we, we prevailed every single time. But again, over the last, uh, 10 years or so, there's generally no dispute. Cause again, the lenders want to know if, if they're making a mistake, they want to correct it, they want to make everybody happy, and, uh, they don't want, you know, they want to, they don't want to make the same mistake with other borrowers. So they're, uh, you know, they're, very willing to make the corrections and um, go about their business, basically. I assume if people have underpayments, they typically don't report that to the bank. Is that right? I would, I would think so. <laughs> and again, um, we don't report our results to anybody. And actually, there have been a few instances where the homeowner did talk to the lender, and there was a, uh, there were some undercharges. But we've never heard, we have never heard of a bank uh, going after a borrower who underpaid on their loan. So, yeah, I would agree with you. I would think a lender, a homeowner would not uh, contact the lender to inform them that they've been um, underpaying. Now, I assume that these uh, errors are relatively small, but I guess over time, if they've been having a compounding effect, they can really add up. Give me an example of somebody who had a you know, major amount uh, due because of these errors. Okay. Well, I can tell you our record, and again, that's, uh, it doesn't happen every day. A number of years ago, we had a gentleman who lived in uh, Denver, and he'd had his loan for, I'm going to say, about uh, maybe close to 10 years, and the loan was, I think, for about $200,000. They made eight, now this is, this is, doesn't happen often, but this is the record. Um, the bank ended up char- overcharging him $38,000. And this is not an extrapolation out over 30 years. There was basically an overcharge. I mean, every mistake that could have been made in those variables I mentioned before, they made the mistake. And again, this is about seven or eight years ago. And he ended up getting a check for approximately $38,000. Now, that's that's the exception rather than the rule. Not everybody hits a home run. The average error when it does occur is generally anywhere between 
$700 to maybe $2,000, maybe $3,000. And the size of that error is related or is based on a number of factors, obviously, the type of mistake it was, how long the mistake existed before it was corrected, and also, obviously, how large a loan are we talking about. If you have a loan for $100,000 and you have a mistake of uh, one-eighth of a percent and it's caught after six months, that may be uh, maybe a couple hundred dollars. On the other side of the coin, if someone has a loan, especially in, say, in the West Coast, California area, and some of the larger cities, a large loan of 500000 800000 or even more, you're going to see some errors of, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 because, again, you just the question of the, you know, the size of the loan that's involved. But, again, overall, um, the best indicator is that it, the best measure would be that they typically range seven dollars $800 up to maybe 2000 or maybe $2,500 and in between there. Those are the, those are the typical mistakes. Okay, we're going to go to break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of uh, the Money Answer Show, and my guest is David Ginsburg, who's the president of Loan Tech, which is a firm to help you correct errors on your adjustable rate mortgages, and also your escrows we'll be talking about after the break. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart. Grow profit. And grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on The Bottom Line in Business Talk. Voice America Business. It has been said that to live is to choose, but to choose well, you must know who you are and what you stand for, where you want to go, and why you want to get there. On Reap What You Sow with host, performance management specialist, and executive coach, Alana Daly, achievement and success through expanding yourself and your life is available at the click of a mouse. Reap through redefining your goals. Educate your mind, your body, your conscious, and unconscious. Apply what you learn and plan, and it shall be success over and over again, and wealth result when you reap regularly reap what you sow with alana daily broadcast each thursday at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern on the voice america business channel reap what you sow learn the rules of the game then play better than anyone else Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back. Jordan Goodman here for The Money Answer Show. And my guest uh, this hour is David Ginsburg, uh, who is the president of Loan Tech. Uh, which is a firm that helps people uh, make sure that they get the right payments on their just rate mortgages and also their escrows. Welcome back to the show, David. Thank you. Glad to be here. Let's talk about escrows for a little bit because this is another area that you uh, deal with. Yes. Uh, escrows is basically where banks are holding aside uh, money for property taxes and uh, property insurance. Yes. Uh, what, what kind of mistakes are being made in that area? Okay, excellent question. Well, there are all kinds of mistakes being made, and if anyone, if any of your listeners out there have ever received a an annual escrow statement from their lender, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. the The statements are basically indecipherable, very difficult to understand, basically. And um, the reason these are the, the mistakes happen is that, um, first of all, just like with mortgages, you can have inexperienced personnel. Um, in putting the, the data into the uh, software systems that the lenders use. And also, there is a, uh, two ways to calculate your um, escrow account payment. One is called the uh, individual item method, and the other method is called the aggregate amount method. And the aggregate amount method is the preferred or the required way to uh, calculate your payment. And with, with the escrow account, two things are going on, basically. Um, one, the homeowner has to pay a certain amount, a fixed amount, every month that the lender keeps aside for future bills for expenses, as you mentioned, such as real estate taxes, insurance premiums, school or sewer expenses, and so on. And then number two, homeowners are frequently uh, required to put a certain amount of money um, as a in the so-called cushion or reserve account, and oftentimes because of the way because of the billing cycles and the due dates for the individual items in the escrow account, it turns out that too much money is either being charged monthly to the homeowner and or too much money is being held in the so-called reserve or cushion account. Okay, and so this is again something that would be difficult for the average uh, homeowner. Or you know, borrower to uh, figure out that they're over escrowing. Is that correct? Oh, exactly. Uh, again, as we tell people every day, if if someone thinks a mortgage uh, document is confusing, they should try looking at their annual um, escrow statement they receive from their lender. Uh, those are just they're just very very difficult to understand. And so this is money that the bank is earning interest on, but you are not. If you have money in escrow, that's going to be used for expenses. Oh, that's exactly right. Not exactly right. You're not earning interest on it. Number one, and number two, you don't have access to it. We uh, we typically see many cases where the lender is holding too much in that reserve or cushion account, as well as charging the homeowner. too much money. We we recently uh, did a report for a young uh, couple up in uh, Minnesota, and here's this is a classic. This is a great example. Their loan was sold from one lender to another lender, and because it happened midway through the billing cycle for the escrow account, the new lender uh, charged them for their property taxes, and they ended up being charged twice during a 12-month period. For their annual property taxes, so that resulted in a huge deficit or shortage in their account, and the new lender 
notified them that their old escrow payment of let's say it was two hundred fifty dollars a month now it has to be about five hundred so it was doubled and they've been working and we've been working with them and it's going to be resolved very very shortly in their you know in terms of what we, the report that we've done for them the uh... The new lender is going to have to refund them probably about three to four thousand dollars because they've been paying five hundred a month instead of two fifty for I'd say yeah, now it's been over probably about a year as well as the fact that there was too much money being held in their cushion account. It's just basically miscalculation. And another problem is when a consumer calls into the servicing department of their lender, not all lenders, but some lenders, the personnel who they speak with really aren't familiar or experienced enough to be able to sort out any problems that may have occurred. Um, so in a case like that, their property taxes were actually paid twice? Is that right? The, the exactly lender? right. For example, instead of being paid once a year, they, well, they weren't paid twice, but they were collected twice. And, you know, they've been going back and forth with that lender trying to explain to them, and it's like beating their head against the wall. But, well, we got involved, we did the report, we showed it to them in black and white, and they are in the process of making the correction, and they are going to be getting a sizable refund back, number one. But just as importantly, their, their monthly payment is going to be correct now, and they've resolved that issue. And these things tend to happen more often when a loan uh, is sold from one lender to another. That, in, that increases the, the odds significantly of having a problem down the road. So what is the typical amount of uh, over-escrowing that you find in the clients that you uh, do these audits for? The typical amount is generally, I'm going to say, it's similar to the mortgage, about maybe eight, maybe six hundred to two thousand dollars. Now, again, that's the amount of the overwithholding. I'm sorry, of the cushion account, and typically the payment amount is sometimes overcharged by anywhere from you know twenty dollars up to you know three hundred dollars or more. And here's the case where um, the error amount of an escrow account is directly related to uh, the how high property taxes are in the area. So you have certain areas, for example, the West Coast, East Coast, and other cities where property taxes are sky high, where maybe they're $1,000 a month, for example. Um, if the lender is overcharging on that, I mean, you have a, you have a significant amount of money uh, that's involved there. Uh, and on the other side of the coin is the situation where property taxes are, are much less and the mistake won't um, result in as large uh, of an overcharge. So it really depends, A, on how long the mistake's been going on, and, two, how high are the uh, property taxes. Again, the insurance generally is um, you know, much, much less than the property taxes for most locales throughout the, throughout the country. Does the bank have to estimate what the property taxes are going to be in the coming year, or they basically go on what it was the last year. I mean, what happens if there is a big increase in property taxes in the coming year? Well, How does the bank cover that? Right. Well, typically, they'll use some factor, uh, maybe an inflation factor, look at the old the old number versus the, what they think it will likely be. And sometimes they can overestimate uh, based on, you know, what the assessment and the taxes actually uh, turn out to be. And many times they they just they make a huge, a huge mistake in terms of the timing. For example, based on what the billing cycle is of that loan, um, sorry, the billing cycle for the, for example, the property taxes, that can affect how the numbers are, uh, what the, what the, what numbers result when they do their computations. But again, that, 
that's the case. Again, we have two th- values that are changing. Property taxes that generally don't go down, as far as I'm aware of. And number two, uh, insurance premiums typically go go up as well. So you've got two factors that are generally increasing. They're typically due different times of the year. Some are due quarterly. Some are due every six months. Some are due once a year, and the actual numbers are obtained from a, a third party. For example, the insurance company will send a notice to the, uh, the lender, and uh, the, the, look, the municipality will generally send a notice to the um, lender as well. So that is just uh, right for error. There's a, look, a lot of variables coming from third parties, and there's some other computations involved with different bu- with different billing cycles. Is it the same kind of error rate? You were talking about a 20% error rate for mortgages. Is it the same thing for escrows? No, I put that a little bit higher, probably 25 to 28%, maybe a little bit more than one than one quarter. And again, that that's, that used to be significantly higher, uh, but we're still seeing error rate. Of, of every four escrow accounts we look at, we're pretty much assured that at least one out of four is going to have a mistake and... Just about all of those are overcharges. We we rarely see an over an undercharge. I don't have exact numbers on that with me, but I I'd say probably nine at least ninety percent of the mistakes, probably ninety five percent, maybe even higher, are with the escrow accounts are, are overcharges. That's the same thing that the banks will accept your letter uh, without much complaint and change the escrow. Right now, sometimes they'll ask for backup information, but the, generally once they see our report. And also, when the homeowner sometimes has to talk with the lender, when they when they see it in black and white, they will understand what they've done incorrectly, and then they will issue the refund. And typically, that'll take the form of either lower monthly payments for the escrow and or a a, a check for the actual refund of the over over withholding and or the cushion account. So the errors can occur in two ways. One, the homeowner is paying too much every month for their escrow account. And two, there's too much of the homeowner's money sitting in that reserve account. Now, the reserve account should typically be anywhere from, should be no more than one to two months worth of the average billed amount. But again, that can, that, you know, that can, that can definitely fluctuate. Do you charge the same amount for an escrow check as you do for an adjustable rate mortgage check? Yes, we charge, the, again, it's a flat fee of $279. And then one thing I should clarify for your West Coast listeners um, on the West Coast, uh, escrow accounts are typically called impound accounts, but everything else is, is the same. And I guess our, our fee for that is, is $279. And again, you should tell people how to contact you, both your phone number and your website, if they're interested in finding out more about the service. Okay, if they're interested in finding out if their mortgage or their escrow account has a mistake, they can call 1-800-MISTAKE, and hopefully every one of your listeners knows how to spell that. Yep. And they can also <laughs> go to the website www.loantech that's spelled L-O-A-N-T-E-C-H dot com and there's a lot of information um, on the website about the services and if someone's just doing research they want to learn about how escrow, escrow accounts are computed and what to look for and so on in terms of errors or mistakes and the same goes for mortgages we have a lot of information on that uh, site that should that, sh- that is very useful for consumers terrific Okay, we're going to go to break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman again, the host of the Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour is David Ginsburg, uh, who is the president of Loan Tech, who can help you find out if you have mistakes on either your mortgage or your escrow. And we'll be back after this.
The Bottom Line in Business Talk. Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve total wealth management. Listen to three-dimensional wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three-Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Rory Diefendorf, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Know how to activate that switch, and so can you. The Winner's Attitude with Jeff and Val G. Broadcast each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The Winner's Attitude. Switch me on. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. This is David Ginsburg, uh, who is the president of Loan Tech, which is a firm uh, based in the Maryland area that helps people sort out if there are mistakes or not on their adjust rate mortgages and their escrow payments. Welcome back to the show, David. Welcome. Well, it's great to be back. <laughs> um, a question I hear all the time is: You charge two hundred and seventy-nine dollars flat fee to take a look at either the arm or the escrow. Um, to some extent, people are gambling: Is the two hundred seventy-nine dollars worth it or not? What do you say to somebody who says, "Well, my, you know, my mortgage or escrow is probably right, so it's not worth the two hundred seventy-nine dollars"? Okay, that's an excellent question, and we do hear that from uh, many consumers. And we basically tell them: First of all. Mistakes. A lot of mistakes have been made and are continuing continuing to be made. That's a proven fact by the federal government, by the banking industry, uh, Federal Reserve. So basically, mistakes have have been made. Number one, and number two, if you don't check it out, you'll never know because you can't rely on the lender to do it for you. And also, number three, we tell people even if it turns out that your lender has done everything correctly with your mortgage and or your escrow account, at least you're gonna, you'll get peace of mind knowing that that large check you write every month 
maybe that you've been sending in for the last five years, seven years or whatever, you'll get peace of mind and comfort knowing that that lender has done everything correct, correctly in terms of what they should have been doing with it as, you know, related to your mortgage. So you're either going to end up finding out that there was an overcharge or you'll end up getting peace of mind. So we feel that, you know, either way, the homeowner will benefit. This is only good for mortgages that are still in effect. I've had people ask me, I paid off a mortgage or I refinanced the mortgage to another company. Can I re- review the old mortgage? It wouldn't work that way. Is that right? Well, actually, Jordan, you, you can do that. We, we've done a number, a large number of reports uh, going back anywhere from two to three years after the loan has been paid off. Um, now, the state laws vary somewhat from state to state, but generally... We have never, ever had a lender say to us, oh, we're not going to issue this refund because Mrs. Jones paid her loan off two years ago. Uh, and our, point, our position basically is if it's a mistake, it was a mistake two years ago, and it's still a mistake that they made. So, again, even if the loan's been paid off two or three years ago, uh, that's no reason for a homeowner to decide not to, uh, not to have it checked out. And, again, especially if that homeowner um, uh, has that, in their gut, they have a feeling, or they just were never comfortable with what they were charged, or it just things just didn't seem right. And we yeah. we get we hear that a lot, uh, either in emails or phone calls to us. They'll say, you know what, I've had this loan for two years, and it just didn't seem right. All the, the payments for my neighbor's mortgage has been going down. Ours just keeps going up, and the lender wasn't able to explain to us why this was happening. So we we hear that a lot as well. So again, even if the loan's been paid off. It's still not a bad idea to uh, to have it checked out if you feel that something was uh, was not correct. Let's just talk briefly about the mortgage market now. There's been a lot of uh, pain and suffering going on out there because of what's happening in the subprime area and uh, particularly related to option arms uh, that are adjusting upwards. If, if people are uh, either looking for a new mortgage today, maybe you could give them some advice, or if they've got an existing adjust rate mortgage that's going up all the time, what kind of advice would you give them? Okay, well, if, they're, if they have an existing ARM and um, they're not comfortable with what the likelihood is that there's going to be an increased payment, increased rates, and so on, they may want to consider refinancing into a fixed rate. Now, not everyone can do that these days, as you just mentioned, and you see it in the headlines every day. There are many, many homeowners who have adjustable rate mortgages, and many of them are subprime mortgages, where they are having a problem whereby their property values have have not, their property value has not increased. In fact, in many cases, it's declined, and that has precluded or prevented them from actually refinancing. But if a borrower is in a situation where they can possibly refinance, uh, they may want to look at going into a fixed-rate loan if that will give them more uh, uh, more comfort. Yeah, but as you're saying, if, if, they're, uh, if they had a just rate mortgage and the value of the home has gone down, uh, the house might be worth less than the outstanding mortgage. They'd have to come up with additional money in order to be re- able to refinance. That, that's right. In some cases, they have to do that. However, I should point out that just in the last week or two, uh, some major lenders and institutions have announced plans to make new home loans available to some borrowers who are in that exact situation. Uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have announced recently they're going to make new loans available to help some of these subprime borrowers get out of a very, very uh, difficult situation. And uh, I've just uh, learned about a new program by Washington Mutual uh, 
for uh, I think they're going to be offering uh, up to two billion dollars in new loans uh, to help out um, certain borrowers. So, yeah, so you know, I don't know if everyone's going to qualify, but that will relieve some of the pain that is occurring out there. So that's the first thing: is if you have something adjusting upwards, try to convert it to a fixed if you can, because interest rates still are really re relatively low, although they're higher than they were before. They're still pretty pretty low, is what you're saying. Right, and also, obviously, um, if it is adjusting, again, they may want to just check with us to see, hey, is this, should this be going up as high as it has been? Uh, because, again, uh, with a lot of these loans, there have, we've seen a lot of mistakes on a lot of these subprime, uh, subprime loans. So again, they've been sold from one lender to another, and that, again, has increased the likelihood of, uh, of mistakes. What happens when a big subprime lender like a New Century Financial or Novastar uh, basically sells off its portfolio or goes bankrupt in the case of New Century. Uh, do their loans get sold all over the place and these things are, all kinds of mistakes are being made on these complex subprime loans? Right. That can often happen. In fact, years ago, uh, uh, that happened when there were some uh, large uh, bank failures. That's definitely a risk because uh, uh, they kind of become a stepchild. In other words, not enough attention is being paid uh, uh, to those loans and sometimes they will sit in... Uh, Portfolios that are being sold to other investors or institutional um, uh, investors in the marketplace, uh, and they may be uh, the, uh, you know sold from one lender to another. And when that happens, that type of situation occurs, which is happening now. That definitely increases the likelihood because again, you're talking about a large number of loans and uh, just the sheer the sheer volume and the and the time required to properly. Uh, enter those into uh, uh, computer systems and service them accurately. All that um, you know sometimes gets short shift uh, when uh, you know not enough attention is being being paid to them. So yeah, that the, the there is a definite increased chance of mistakes in, in situations like that because these loans are being offered. You know they're being offered for sale to different uh, buyers. Uh, they're you know they're just being packaged. Uh, for different uh, investors and institutional buyers, so there, there's a lot of things going on going on in the marketplace right now that can have a, a negative effect on on all of that. Would you say in general people should avoid uh, negative amortization loans? Those are loans where, when you make a payment, you're actually owing more every month because the your payment is not covering the full amortization. Do you think people should avoid those loans? Well, I'm probably in the minority when I say I don't know if people should avoid it, but a borrower should know exactly. What they are signing, and, uh, and the lender should make, or the broker should make sure the borrower understands as well. A negative AM loan can be a very useful uh, type of loan for certain borrowers, but not all borrowers, and that's been the problem. They were marketed or sold to a lot of borrowers who just should not have uh, used those loans. And uh, when we talk to homeowners who contact us all the time when they're looking for loans, um, First thing we tell them is to ask the lender how often. Uh, no, the question is: Can the do the rate and the payments change at the same time? If they do not change at the same time, you have a possibility for negative amortization, which you just mentioned, meaning that loan balance can actually increase. Yeah. And uh, that's the worst case scenario. And again, coupled with that is the fact that property values are declining, which okay. uh, prevents many um, homeowners from. Um, from refinancing. Okay. Thank you so much, David. This has really been fascinating. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest this hour has been David Ginsburg, uh, who's the president of Loan Tech. 
Again, if you want to find out more about if your adjust rate mortgage is correct or incorrect, uh, you can uh, email him or go to his website at loantech.com or call him at 800-MISTAKE. Uh, he checks both adjust rate mortgages and escrows and finds lots of mistakes out there, in many cases worth thousands of dollars. So thanks again, David, uh, for appearing on the show. Thank you, Jordan. And we'll be back next week with another edition of Money Answers. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.